You're listening to a podcast from Victory Alabang. How can we be men and women who honor God in our work? Find out in this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. All right, how many of you are excited for work tomorrow? Woohoo! Everybody say, thank God. It's Monday tomorrow. All right, so I do hope that you are gaining traction for this uh, series. We are about to end our series this afternoon. So we are talking about TGIM. We're finishing our uh, series on work. And when you talk about work, the shifting gears here right now, when you talk about work, how many of you would say that you are thankful to the Lord for the work that you have? Okay. How many of you honestly would say, how I wish I would have another job? Okay lang. Okay. Or, you know, you, you wish you could be promoted. You wish, you know, there's probably, a, there's probably a crossroad. Or if you're a business owner, um, you know, there's probably a sensing that God's probably moving you into another direction. And so there's nothing wrong with that. How many of you know it's not bad to dream? How many of you have dreams in your life? Can you please raise your hand? How many of you have dreams? Okay. Not right now, okay? Don't dream while I am preaching, okay? That's bad, okay? You better listen up. Don't dream while I am preaching. But, you know, many of us uh, have dreams that are big. And how many of you know that it's, it's good to dream big? If you're going to dream, go dream big anyway. It's free. You know, there's a song that was popularized before, right? To dream the impossible. To dream. The impossible to fight the unbeatable to bear the unbearable to dream the unreachable star. <laughs> so don't be afraid to dream. Okay, that was my dream to sing, but you know, it's just a dream, okay? It's not going to come into reality. But, you know, many of you are probably working in an environment and you, how you wish you could be promoted. How you wish that doors can be opened. Maybe some of you are dreaming that you can have your own company car. How many of you would wish that? You know, I hope sana bigyan ako ng car ng boss. What if this is the kind of car that would be given to you? A top-of-the-line company car. And not only that, what if, aside from you being given a top-of-the-line company car, you're given a very nice parking spot with a view of the ocean. And in that particular car, you have alternate, you know, workspace. That, you know, maybe sometimes you would like to travel and... You know, in your travel, in your, you know, in your sales call, you get to work while you're in the car. I mean, if you would like that. Nice, right? And, you know, while you're at it, you know, you're going to have like a, you know, entertainment set, you know, behind the car. And you can actually have maybe a Skype session with some of your clients. And here you are, you are, you know, dreaming about this, an economic meeting room. And you're going to have like a small space where you can meet, uh, you know, common air to share your thoughts, you know, with others. How many of you would like that? Okay. Many of us would actually want to have that dream. But sometimes, 
you know, we realize, you know, I'm only working here in this department and I could not afford that. And so you lower your dreams. You know, you, you want to say, oh, maybe I can just afford this kind of a car or, you know, I couldn't afford it anymore. And can't even afford gasoline. At least you got a roof on your head. You know, the point is this. I believe ultimately God is the one who opened doors for us. Amen. And I, I know that when you talk about work, you know, we work in different kinds of environments. We have different kinds of work. There's work that requires manual labor. And there's work that requires thinking. But whatever kind of work there is, you know, we've, you know, we've talked about that. In the first week, we talked about that, you know, basically God is the starter of work. He's the initiator of work. He was the one who gave us work. And God has standards for work. Amen. I think it was Chinky that we shared last Sunday. He talked about, you know, when we work, basically the work that we do have is a work coming from God. Amen. How many of you would say that God was the one who provided for you, for your work? Amen. And we need to work for Him. Work is a, an act of worship. That when you go tomorrow to your office, and when you see your desk, or when you see your whatever, your, your phone, uh, if you're a call center agent, your gadgets, or maybe you're a student, you see your classroom, or maybe you're a housewife, you see your, you know, your kitchen, I hope that you are actually grateful with that because it's actually our form of worship. And we get to work with God as well. Today we're going to talk about the man that works. Everybody say, the man that works. And we're going to open up our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 22. I'd like to invite everyone to stand. We'll be reading from Proverbs. Take your Bibles. And let's all stand up. We're going to be reading just one verse this uh, afternoon. Proverbs chapter 22, beginning in verse 29. Uh, if you have the ESV version, would you read this out loud all together? Ready? One, two, three. Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the work that you have given to us. We thank you, Lord God, that as workers, Lord God, we are called to excellence. We are called to uh, have the skills that are able to give you glory. We thank you, Lord God, that you will show us today how it is to be a man that works for God. And Lord, bless your people today as we continue to seek you in our jobs and in our work. We thank you, Lord God, it, indeed it is a gift from you. And may we continue to worship you through the excellent hands and the mind and the heart that we have. We bless you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may all be seated. So this is the third and the final installment of the series TGIM. Thank God it's Monday. Basically, we're now going to focus on the book of Proverbs. Really, what uh, we're looking at is Proverbs is a very important book because, you know, Proverbs is known to be a book of what? A book of wisdom. About 3,000 uh, Proverbs were written by the wisest king, King Solomon. Though Proverbs is known and the theme of Proverbs is wisdom, the whole book of Proverbs basically points to the fear of God. And if you study the book of Proverbs closely, you would see that all across, scattered in the verses, in the pages of the chapters of Proverbs, 
is the fear of the Lord. You will see these words, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You will see that in Proverbs chapter 1, beginning in verse 7. King Solomon was writing this, that you know, if we want to be wise, and if we want to have real knowledge, we've got to have the fear of the Lord. How many of you know the fear of God is directly related to wisdom? How many of you would like to be wise? Sino dito yung wise na? It's different, right? But, you know, the beginning part of Proverbs is, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It says in verse 7, fools despise wisdom and instruction. How many of you likes to be corrected? You know, if you make a mistake and someone corrects you or rebukes you, how many of you, you know, readily accepts the correction? You love receiving correction. Correct me, bro. If I make a mistake, correct me or rebuke me. How many of you like that? We don't normally like correction, right? Especially if it's your wife correcting you in your driving. How many of you husbands know it's hard? Right? Ikaw na sumasakay, ikaw pa yung kumukorek sa akin. Diba? Ako yung may manubela, parang gano'n. But the Bible says, He who hates correction in, in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1, is stupid. We've got to love correction. And it says in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, Fools, everybody say fools, Fools despise knowledge and correction. We've got to love correction. Turn to the person beside you and tell that person, Love correction. We've got to receive it. It's good for us because you know why we need to love correction? Because we're not perfect. How many of you think that you are perfect? You know, there's still a lot of mistakes that we can, we can uh, commit. But yet, when people correct us, it's meant for us to correct those mistakes so that we will not commit them in the future. Even in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. How many of you know that in the, you know, in the age of information, we don't lack knowledge? I mean, there's a lot of knowledge out there. We presented that before. You can just go and Google, and you've got, you've got a lot of information. By the way, information is different from knowledge. You can get a lot of information, but the real knowledge comes from God Himself. But yet, there's still a difference between knowledge and wisdom because knowledge is information or facts about life, but wisdom is the application of that knowledge in our life. We need to be wise. We need to, you know, people say, uh, you know, you got to work hard. How many of you have heard that from your parents? Work hard, or from your friends, or from your mentors. Work hard. Hard work is actually, you know, a sometimes a scarcity right now because people would like to do shortcuts in life. But the essence of work really is you've got to work hard. But yeah, there are some people also would say that you've got to not just work hard, but you've got to work smart. I don't know if you've heard of that. You've got to work smart. More on that later on. We're going to talk about that. And as you talk about the fear of the Lord, the fear of God, from the beginning of Proverbs, even to the very end of Proverbs, you will see the fear of the Lord. In Proverbs chapter 31, verse 30, it talks about the virtuous woman or the woman of noble character. We're going to focus on that also later on. It talks about charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting, but the woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. How many women do we have in this place? Can you please raise your hand? Beautiful women who fear the Lord. Come on now. You know, the Bible says charm is deceptive. 
even if you're so charming, sometimes, about, you know, the Bible says, sometimes it can be deceptive. And beauty, how many of you feel you're beautiful? Please raise your hand. Come on now. No harm done if you raise your hand. Not only beautiful outside, but beautiful inside. But yet the beauty outside can sometimes fade. Charm is deceptive. Beauty is fleeting. But the woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So more than that. Now let's talk about work. Why do some people fail at work? There are plenty of reasons why people fail at work. We all want success, right? How many of you want success? We all want success. We all want to be ahead in the game. We all want to be promoted. We want doors to be open for us. But why is it that some people are successful and some are not? Maybe you have some friends who are not as successful as you. Or maybe you're the one who's not as successful as them. Why is that? There are different reasons. First reason is maybe it's because of laziness. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 10. A little sleep. A little slumber. Look at the person beside you and check out. If he's sleeping right now, wake him up. A little sleep. A little slumber. A little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. relax relax It's not bad to rest, by the way. Next week, we're going to talk about Sabbath. How many of you know that Sabbath is from the Lord? We're not talking about that. We're talking about laziness. There's a Filipino folklore that was popularized before named Juan Tamad. Are you familiar with Juan Tamad? Juan Tamad is you know, known for his you know, lazy adventures. And you know, I'm not really sure if he's an icon that Filipinos look up to, but you know, many times he's really comedic in the way he views life. He would not work and wait for things to be given to him. We're not talking about that. That's one area where people fail. Second is a desire to get rich quick. Proverbs 13.11 Wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. You know, maybe some people are praying for a big, you know, account right away, or maybe, you know, you're praying for a big amount of money to come in. Lord, you know, I pray that when I you know, go to the lotto shop, and when I pay, I hit millions. Don't worry, Lord, I will tithe anyway. That's not the way of God. The way of God is He who gathers money little by little. Everybody say little by little. Not a big amount right away. Now, if maybe if you have a, someone who's a relative and is about to die, and you're the sole heir, how many of you know that that's the grace of God? But how many of us have that? You know, how many of you, turn to the person beside you, maybe that's your rich relative that you're looking for for many years, okay? But it doesn't happen every day. The point is, God wants us to be industrious in our work. Another reason is all talk. Do you know people who talk all the time? And not do anything about what they talk about? Proverbs 14.23, In all toil there is profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. There's a lot of people, salta na salita, ang dami sinasalita, ginagawa. You know, when I, you know, in the future, I'm going to go rich. You know, I'm going to be rich, you know. I have some plans, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. So what are you doing right now? No, in the future, I'm going to go rich, you know. And in the future, you know, it's, it's all talk. 
The Bible even says, don't talk, talk about the future. You don't even know what the future will bring us. You know, but there's a reality that we need to act upon our vision. Vision is important, but let's act upon it. Half-heartedness is another reason why people fail at work. Proverbs 18 verse 9, Whoever is slack in his work is a brother to him who destroys. Who is that who destroys? The devil... In John 10.10 10 says, The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and life more abundant. Don't be slack in your work. Turn to the person beside you. Don't be a slacker. You know, one of the things or signs that we are slack in our work is if we habitually come to work late. A pastor traffic A. Traffic sa EDSA. Pero Northgate ka lang nagtatrabaho. You know, we can actually use the excuse of a traffic, but that's old excuse already. If you know there's gonna be traffic, go and leave earlier. Don't be a slacker. You know, it's one of the telltale signs that you are not excited for work, but I hope that tomorrow, starting tomorrow, everybody say, tomorrow is a brand new day. I would thank God for the opportunity to work, to glorify God in my work. And I would say, thank God, it's Monday. I'm excited for work. I'm not going to slack. And I'm not going to be a half-hearted worker. This is what I was saying earlier. We were told when we were younger to work hard. And this is important. We're to use our hands for work. It is said in Proverbs chapter 12, diligent hands will rule. Proverbs 10 says, Diligent hands bring wealth. So hands are important. How many of you have two hands? The left and the right. Hold them up high. So clean and bright, right? No, you have hands that you need to use to glorify God. God called us to work excellently there. And then we're advised to work smart. We use our head. How many of you many times use your head for work? How many of you don't use your head? Slightly use lang. But we're called to work smart, right? But what's important is not only do we use our hands and our head, we need to use our heart. What's best for us is we need to work wise. Everybody say work wise. Working wise is working with your heart. You know, it's rare for us to see an advice or hear an advice, you know, you've got to work wise. We've always heard working hard. How many of you have heard, you know, someone tell you work hard? We've heard of that. How many of you have heard, we need to work, work smart? We've heard of this. But working wise is what the Proverbs is saying as well. We not only use our hands, that's important. We don't just use our hands and our head, those are important. We've got to use our heart. You've got to work wise. And how do we become a wise worker? Three things. Number one, we've got to work on our character. Everybody say character. You know, God is interested in your character, not just your skill. You know, we are called to be, yes, we're called to be an, an excellent worker. Okay? A skillful worker is going to open doors for us. Even, you know, we've read that text earlier. He, we will serve before kings. But what does it mean to be skillful? I believe that part of that skill is really working on our character. A character is who you are when no one is looking. That's your character. Character is that thing that is impressed in your heart. It's the real you. That's your character. 
Character is what comes out during times of pressure and difficulty and hardships. That is your character. What is our character before the Lord? You know, we do we project a character before men and a different character when we're alone with God? I hope that that is consistent. You know, Proverbs 31 verse 11 talks about this virtuous woman. This woman of noble character. And, you know, once again, how many of you are women in this place? Please raise your hand. If you're a woman, raise your hand high. I want to just check how many women are here. That is about maybe 60% of the room that are women. Okay? You are actually more than men. Do you realize that? And we love you for that. Okay? Now, how many men do we have in this place? Please raise your hand. Okay, that's about 40%. How many of you, no matter what I ask, you will not raise your hand? Just kidding. We're looking at Proverbs 31, woman, not to tune out the men, but we're looking at Proverbs 31 because these are the sayings and the teachings of Bathsheba to her son Solomon. In fact, they were saying that this is a description of Solomon about Bathsheba, and if this is good enough as a standard for women, it's good enough for men as well. And we would see that there is a certain woman like this in the Bible that is so virtuous. You know, Bathsheba, how many of you are familiar with Bathsheba? Bathsheba was the one that committed adultery with David. The enemy used Bathsheba for the downfall of the greatest king of Israel. But yet God uses the same woman, Bathsheba, to raise up the wisest king that Israel ever had. Because how many of you know that our past will not dictate our future? By the grace of God, God cleanses us from our past and gives us a great purpose ahead. Amen. Can we give the Lord praise for that? Don't let the enemy stop you from fulfilling the purpose of God in your life because you have a bad past. No amount of failure, no amount of you know, uh, bad upbringing can actually stop us from fulfilling what God has for us in the future. It's amazing that Bathsheba did not just become the, the mother of the wisest king, but she was actually one of that that was part of the lineage that caused, you know, if you will trace Bathsheba, she is part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. It's amazing how God can use imperfect individuals in His purposes for humanity. How many imperfect individuals do we have in this place? Okay, turn to the person beside you. You are imperfect. You are imperfect. And then you tell her also, Me too. tayo, <laughs> okay? Verse 11 says, The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. Trust. If you're a person of character, people will trust you. My question tonight is, do people trust you? Are we reliable in our work that people actually trust us? Are we dependable? You know, when a boss would actually ask us to do something, our response is, consider it done, boss. And the next time your boss checks on you, it's done. Hopefully, you know, when she comes back or when he comes back after a month, oh, have you done what I assigned you? Boss, I'm still looking for some, you know, I'm still researching. You know, I, I couldn't figure it out. You know, can you help me, boss? And then you're giving back the work to your boss. 
We need to be dependable. Trustworthy. Are we honest in our work? Are we living a life of integrity? If you are in a position of trust, maybe as a cashier, or maybe as an office manager in your office, can you be trusted with the little things? Hello? How many of us took some paper clips already from the office? Or bond paper for the assignment of our daughters or son? I, have, I don't have time to go to National Bookstore. But there's a huge stack in the copy room. Maintindihan ni Lord to. Are we honest? Are we trustworthy? Turn to the person beside you and tell the person, he's not talking to you. But to the person beside you. <laughs> Integrity is much needed in our world today. The basis of integrity really is trust. Can we be trusted? The man of, the man of integrity in Proverbs chapter 10, it says, The man of integrity walks, what? Securely. If you have integrity, you have no fear you know, of anything because... Who you are inside is who you are outside. What you see is what you get. But he who takes a crooked path, or he who takes crooked paths, will be found out. Luke chapter 16. The principle of being trusted in the little was exposed here through a parable by Jesus himself. In, who, in the Bible says, Whoever can be what? Trusted with very little can also be trusted with much, and whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. You know, when we hear stories of people engaging in, you know, corruption, that did not start there. People who were doing corruption in millions did not start with millions. They started with hundreds or thousands. Are we here this afternoon? Because he who is dishonest with a little will be dishonest with bigger things. But if we are trustworthy with the little things, God will bless us with much. The question is, if God gives us a job, let's say you are, I don't know, a window cleaner in your company, or maybe someone who's a messenger, can we be trusted with that little thing? that God has given to us. I think I shared this in the previous message that, you know, that's the reason why I, I use the illustration of a man flipping pancakes because the story goes that there's this guy who's, you know, just been tr- entrusted with flipping pancakes in a pancake house. And he flips pancakes so good, even if his boss is not around, he would make sure that those pancakes are excellently done. And guess what? When the company owner asks the boss who is the best candidate for the next branch that they are starting, guess who was the candidate? That guy who was flipping pancakes. Real story. He was promoted to be the next branch manager because he was passionate about flipping pancakes. This is my territory. Pancakes is my thing. 
And he became an expert. And that was the, you know, that's like, that's the soul of the business. Pancakes. And he's an expert in that. He became the vice, I mean, the, vice, the, the branch manager of the next branch. In verse, the next verse, So if you have not been trustworthy in handing worldly wealth, who will entrust you with? True riches. And if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Really, if we want to have our own car, and if you're praying for our own car, but if you're entrusted with your company car, are you taking care of your company car as if it's your car? Because however it is that you treat that particular thing, God sees that. Ultimately, He will bless you with that if you are trustworthy. How many of you are believing God for your very own house in the future? Your own house. Please raise your hand. Okay, great. But how many of us can be trusted with our rented house right now? Ouch. Do we clean the house? Do we maintain it properly? Or do we just treat it like a dump? Anyway, this is not my house. I'm going to have my house in the future. But the principle works. If we're trustworthy with someone else's property, God will give us property of our own. The same is true with your work. If you can be trusted with that responsibility that you have, even when no one is looking, because how many of you know that God sees? We work for the audience of one. We're not working for our bosses. We're not working so that we can actually you know, compete with other employees in that company. We're working because we're here to worship God through our work and we're here to glorify God through our work. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Give the Lord a hand. We've got to change our mindset. We're not working in our company because of money. I hope that our goal in going to work tomorrow is not so that we can make more bucks. It's not so that we can actually have more income. Having income is nice, but that is not the motivation. Income and money are byproducts of an excellent work done before God. God is the one who promotes. God is the one who provides. Deuteronomy 8 says, Remember the Lord your God because it is He who gives us the ability to produce wealth. It is God who opens doors. It is God who prospers us. It is God who provides. It is God who gives us the skills and the competence and the gifts. Amen. We've got to be faithful with the little things. In verse 12, chapter 31, it says, She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. This is talking about character. We have confidence in a person that does us good and not harm. You know how many of you would like to have a friend or an employee or someone who works with you that does you good, not harm? How many of you singles would like to marry someone like that? That he or she will do you good, not harm you. It talks about character. Second is, you got to work on our competence. Everybody say competence. That's important. Skills are important. We'll read about that. The man who's skilled will be open before kings. You know, in Proverbs chapter 31, verse 19, it says, She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. You know, it talks about the expertise of this woman 
in the way she does her daily work. She enjoys using her hand in serving the people around her. It talks about the Proverbs 31 woman. You know, integrity is important, character is important, but we've got to mix it with skillful hands. In fact, David, King David, was described how he shepherded the people of Israel in Psalm chapter 78, verse 72. It says, And David shepherded them with integrity of heart and with skillful hands. He led them. He had a good heart, but he also had skilled hands. Now, how many of you, if you were to go to a neuro doctor, for example, you've got to check your head. How many of you need to check your head from time to time? Okay, You go to a neurologist or a neuro doctor, a neurosurgeon, and uh, you know, if you were given a choice, would you choose a Christian neurologist or neurosurgeon whose uh, batting average is 1 is to 10 success? Nine, you know, nine patients under the ta- you know, operating table die before him. And about 10% success. But Christian, he's a Christian. He's a man of integrity. He prays in the Spirit, full of the Spirit. Before he operates, he would pray for you first. Lord, help her or help him that I would not kill this guy. You know, he is a Christian. Or would you choose that Christian doctor or would you rather go to a non-Christian doctor that is known for his expertise in neurosurgery? The batting average is 10 out of 10 success under the operating table. Which doctor would you choose? How many of you would choose doctor number one? Please raise your hand. And put your life under this Christian doctor who's spirit-filled. Who will choose doctor number two? So you will not choose any doctor, right? You will just ask the Lord, Lord, heal me. I'm at the mercy of incompetent doctors. Of course, if you were to do it on a practical level, personally, I'd rather go for a non-Christian doctor who's skilled and who's competent, right? And hopefully, I can minister to that doctor so that he can become a Christian. Because maybe this Christian doctor did not really pass the board exam. I don't know. Maybe he is absent when the teacher was, you know, uh, giving a lecture on neurosurgery or something, you know. But he's a Christian. Because it is important not only to have integrity of heart, but with skillful hands. Amen. God is calling us to be men and women of character and men and women of competence. Amen? Amen. Let's move on. Proverbs 31, verse 18, talks about the virtuous woman. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. It talks about the use of her skillful hands. She's like the ship of the merchant. She brings her food from afar, a description of industry, a description of hard work. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. You know, if you are going to be a business owner, make sure that you take care of everybody, right? We pay the right 
you know, amount to the people who works with us and for us. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. That's in verse 16. This talks about competence. God blesses the hands of competent people. How many of you would like to be more skilled in your work? Amen. That's all of us. We need to have a continuous uh, way of learning. You know, even as pastors, we've gone through some schooling in our building in Every Nation Fort. But yet, as you know, until today, your pastors still go to continuous schooling. We call it staff development program. So Pastor Sani, myself, Pastor Jonathan, we still go back to school. Until today, we still study theology. We st- still study hermeneutics. We still study homiletics. We study church history. You know, we need to do that. It's a continuous form of learning. We don't stop learning. Amen. We've got to love learning. Turn to the person beside you. Tell that person, love learning. Okay? Improve your skills. Okay? We've got to learn how to be skillful in the work that God has given to us. And my last point is we've got to work on our conduct. Work on our conduct. Conduct basically is how you behave. Maybe some of you have heard of this good manners and, and right conduct, GMRC. Right? How many of you are familiar with that? How many of you consider yourself to generally have good conduct? Generally, right? Because conduct is our behavior. Conduct is how we carry ourselves before others. Conduct is how you treat other people. You may have a good heart, you may be skilled in your hands, but sometimes you treat other people with disrespect. How many of you know that is not good? Even if you pray for them afterwards, I'm oh, sorry, let me pray for you after you shouted at them. You got to have good conduct. In verse 25, it says, Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She respects herself, her capability. She knows that. Strength and dignity. Okay? Secondly, she opens her mouth with wisdom. And the teaching of kindness is, is on her tongue. You know, working with a good conduct is basically treating other people with respect. You've got to learn how to treat people with respect, with kindness, with honor. Do people around you feel the kindness? Can they feel the love tonight. Do they feel that when you're around? Do they feel that there's an exuding kindness and respect whenever they hang out with you? Or when you enter that room, do people leave you slowly because they don't want to hang out with you? Because they knew you're going to shout, you're going to complain, you're going to grumble, you're going to gossip, you're going to do this, you know, there's going to respect for others. Pahimika. You gotta learn how to respect others. You know, the wisdom of speaking to people right. You know, we've gotta speak the truth in love. You know, may, you know, you may be a boss or a supervisor, and maybe your style is like the ogre, you know, to make them to make them know that you are one with authority. You can actually be one with authority, but with kindness and with respect. You can actually lead without shouting. And the best way to practice is to practice this at home. Do the people who know you the best, do they see you treating them with respect and honor? Your husband, your wife, your children, 
your helpers at home, do you treat them with respect? Hello. It starts from there. You cannot export what you don't have. You cannot have a different conduct at home and a different conduct outside. That's why in Proverbs 20, uh, 31 verse 27, it says, She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Basically loves her work. Verse 28, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. She gets respect outside. She gets respect inside the house because she is well loved by the people who knows her the most or who knows him the most. That is the picture of a man who works unto the Lord. And I want to end with this. In verse 30, it says, Charm is deceitful. Can we read this out loud? One, two, three. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But the woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Ultimately, it's our relationship with our God. We want to be the best worker there is in your company. Not only do we have respect or in our relationship with other people, not only do we have to have respect and deep passion with our work, we've got to have a relationship with God. That's a starting point. Amen. Because we know that God is the one who gave us this work. We know that we can use this work as a platform for us to glorify God and honor Him and worship Him. We know that God, when He partners with us and we work with God, everything that we touch will be successful because God is with us. Amen? That's really you know, how God does it. We work now, and I hope in my prayers that we will go to work with the different motivation. We're not going to work just to have more sales. Sales is an outcome of a life well lived before the Lord. And if we are there to work on our character, if we know how to work on our competence and our skill, if we work on our conduct, guess what? These things are a fruit. They're fruit of our labor. Colossians chapter 2, it says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. We may all have earthly bosses. We may have people that we work for. But ultimately, we are really serving the Lord Jesus Christ in our work. Amen. This is a story of a $2.5 billion company on how they work and at the same time glorify God in their workplace. Hobby Lobby right now is about 650 stores all across America. And they closed their stores on Sunday, as you have heard. Uh, kind of like Chick-fil-A. Uh, Chick-fil-A is also a Christian store. Now, if you own a store, we're not saying that you close it on Sundays. Or if your work is heavily doing on Sunday. But we, this really is about a relationship with Christ. It was, it was upon their consultation with the Lord. How many of you know if you are a business owner, ultimately the business owner is not you, but the Lord himself. He's the one who owns that business. And he's the one who will take care of you and your employees for that business. And I believe that as we commit our ways to the Lord, he will make our plans successful. That is the plan and the purpose of God for us. Amen? Here is the Lord. Praise.
uh, this evening. I'd like to ask the music team to join me here on stage. Can we just bow our heads right now? Now, if you are a worker, if you are an employee of a company, I'd like you to lift up your hand right now. Lift up your hand if you are a worker. Let's just pray. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for these workers. I thank you for these employees. But Lord, may you be the one to promote them. May you be the one to bless the work of their hands. Lord, I thank you that they are not serving men, but they're serving you ultimately. I thank you, Lord God, they will not just work for the accolade of their boss or maybe work because they will get a promotion or get a reward. But I thank you, Lord God, that they will be trustworthy and faithful in the little things. Because your word says if we are faithful in the little, we will have even much more. So Lord, even right now, we pray for your open doors. We pray for opportunities for them. We thank you, Lord God. We prophesy promotion even right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, that in this place, we would be able to see people who are working excellently for you and being promoted, Lord God, into key positions in their companies in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that we are going to be people of influence. May we be the salt of the earth, the light of the world in our companies, Lord God. And we declare right now that more promotions are coming, that, Lord, open doors are coming, that, Lord, provisions will come even to them, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God, that they will see from this day on, Lord, that they will have a brand new perspective the way they look at their job, the way they look at their work environment as an opportunity for them to basically share and advance the kingdom of God in that particular workplace. So Lord, we thank you, we glorify you for them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Praise God. If you are a business owner, you own a company, please raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Or maybe if you want to start a business, Maybe not tomorrow, but in the near future. Please raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Can we just pray for them? Lord, we pray for these business owners. We thank you even for those who would start, about to start a business. Lord, we thank you that this business would be used as an avenue of blessing. Not only for them, but for, every, for many people as well. The people they will employ, may they be blessed as well. We thank you, Lord, that you will cause them, Lord, to be men and women of character, men of women of competence, men and women, Lord God, of, of uh, con- right conduct. And we thank you, Lord God, that you'll be the one to even give them the ideas on what business to start in. Father, even for those who are struggling with their business, I thank you, Lord, may they not give up in, and be weary in doing good because in the proper time, they will reap a harvest if they will not give up. May they continue to stand for integrity. May they continue to stand for your standards. We thank you, Lord God, that they would re- represent you and become great witnesses for the kingdom in the community and in the business, in the marketplace that you have placed them, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Indeed, we will see in this place multi-millionaires for your kingdom, Lord God. May they be financier for the kingdom of God. We thank you, Lord God, they will be passionate for you to glorify you in the business that you have given to them. Ultimately, may they not treat you only as a partner. May they treat you as CEO of that company. Bless them, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. One last. Can we just bow our heads right now if you we're going to sing a song after this. If you are here today and you don't have a relationship yet with the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus is not the Lord of your heart. 
and he has not you know you you are looking for a savior looking for a fresh start and looking for eternal life if that is you i want you to quickly just lift up your hand right now i want to pray for you if you want to receive jesus christ as your lord and savior lift your hands up yes i see that hand sir god bless you yes ma'am god bless just lift it up all across this room Lift it up. If you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, lift up your hand. Yes, Lord. Thank you. If you're lifting up your hand, I want you to pray this prayer. Can we just join them right now by praying this prayer out loud? Let's say, Lord Jesus, thank you for giving yourself on the cross and dying for me to save me from my sins. I confess that I am a sinner needing a Savior. Thank you, Lord, for your love for me. I confess in my mouth that Jesus is my Lord and believe in my heart that He is raised from the dead. Thank you for giving me eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Give the Lord praise. We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts from our website at www.victoryalabang.org and in Victory Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.